Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's most prominent media, we'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the Experts Podcast. Hello, Lana Hill. Hello, Nick Hayes. Got a pretty good one here. I'm a little bit excited. Yeah, a little bit excited. It's a great <laughs> little opportunity for us to dive deep into non-commercial media. Yeah, it's a, a big deal. ABC. Yes. And there is no better person to be speaking to than Nadia Mitsopoulos, host of The Morning Show on the ABC. Hello, Nadia. Hello, Nick. Hello, Lana. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. Is it, is it a little strange to be on the other side of the microphone, not, not asking the questions? It will be. Yeah. It will be. But I've got to <laughs> So I like your setup here and your mics look very fancy. They do, don't they? I feel like I'm in a recording studio and that I should be, you know, pumping out a song or something. <laughs> well, It makes it us feel legit, Nadia. <laughs> Believe me, this is the only fancy thing you're going to have here today, Nadia. I can assure you. Um, Nadia, great to have you here. We, we want to dive deep into a little bit more around the ABC and what you guys look for in a story and how you bring it together. Let's go straight to the big question, though, the, the battle between ABC and commercial Radio. Do you see that as something that you're conscious of as a presenter and, a, and as a, an employee of the ABC? Yes and no. I mean, obviously, are you asking me, do we look at ratings? Is that what you're really asking? Oh, we'll get to that. I mean, look, but ratings are, ratings are, I mean, they say that, don't they? Of course it, you listen to what your opponents are doing. Yeah. Um, what I don't try to do is copy them. And I think we are very, very different and certainly the show that I do I think is very different to what some other commercial talkback shows do. So I'm not a shock jock. Um, that is not what we're about. And I think um, what I like to promote a lot of my program is, yeah, you absolutely you do. The, heart, the, 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 the breaking stories, the big conversations of the day, whether they're political, whatever. Um, but people, I think, what I don't want our program to be is just a forum for people to ring up and complain and whinge about things, which I think yeah. once upon a time Talkback Radio probably was. Yep. And so what we would rather do is use the platform to yeah, absolutely inform and entertain your people, um, but also facilitate conversations yes. and longer conversations. And so that's probably um, – so I think there is a big difference between um, commercial radio and the ABC is that we – I like to promote conversations, make it a little more solutions-based. So absolutely, if there are things that need fixing or there are issues that are raised or problems that we find, we'll absolutely report them. Yeah. But what's the answer? What's the solution? Yeah. And also, being able to have conversations. So um, it's not just about what you think or what your opinion is. You know, we all have an opinion, but does it really matter? Do people yeah. really care what you think about things? Yeah. But if you've got an experience to share or an experience that we can learn from – or a story to share, then that matters because we can learn from that. We can better understand the story or the topic or the issue that we're covering and facilitate longer conversations about those kind of things. And that is what I think is the beauty of what we do is that we give time to that. I'm not saying others don't, but I. But that's what I 
try to have in my program. I love that, Nadia. And it is your style. It is the program that you're putting together. Absolutely. And I don't think there's a problem with a line in the sand looking over or looking over the fence to see what the others are doing as well. Oh, you don't reckon I'd go back and, and listen to what their lead story was compared to ours and think, okay, well, how come they knew about that and I didn't and maybe vice versa. They look at stories that, that we do that they may not have had. And for me, Correct. the first story that we do is not necessarily the story on the front page of the paper either. Yeah. You know, so we, we kind of – I mean, it sounds a bit it sounds a bit wanky, but you know, you don't want to you don't want to be following all the time. You actually want to be generating your own content and maybe um, not always being dictated to by the morning papers. You know, everyone has agendas, and their agendas might not be mine. And I don't know if I have agendas, but I want to look and look at a story and think how how relevant is it to people beyond the fifty that might that might matter to, or what do people care about. That's awesome. Yeah, it's something we've talked about a lot, isn't it? The relationship between TV and, and the uh, – sorry, radio and the newspapers. Oh, it, it is. It is. And I think, you know, you know your audience. Your your audience is something that you've been spending your whole time with. And before we go into your radio audience, you, you started off in TV. Yeah, yeah I did. Spent a did. lot of years at Channel 9. years ago. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I started in 1991 in Bunbury with GWN. I remember my second day really well. So the first day was like just look around and the second day was the day that will never leave me. It will, it will haunt me for the rest of my life. <laughs> so I was born and bred in the city yeah. and when I, I was still at uni when I got this job so I had a couple of um, units to finish and oh, I thought, cool. but this is great, I've got my dream job as a TV reporter. Amazing. So off I trot down to Bunbury at GWN and Tom Drill, I remember him, he was, he was a great boss but he was a very tough, hard boss and he was a bit of a sink or swim kind of guy which – I think probably was good for me. So my first day, I just, you know, get the orientation, look around, get comfortable, here's your desk. And then the second day, it's like, here's your story and it's daylight saving. (gasps) And I thought, "Mm -hmm, what's the big deal? Now I'm in the bush and I've come from the city. We quite liked it. Country people don't. You know, curtains will fade, the cows cows. won't melt, the cows, all of that. So I'm spending the day trying to grapple with what's the big deal about daylight saving. Why don't they like it out here? And then anyway, we had typewriters back then and liquid paper, so I typed out my story. And uh, then handed it into the news director, Tom, to have a look at it. And he, and he looked at it and he had this big bin, big paper bin next to him. And he looked at it and he looked at me and he said, Mitsopolis, this is about as exciting as watching paint dry. He then tore the script <gasps> in half, no. put it in the bin and then looked at his watch and said, and we go to air at six. Yeah. So I had to go back to my desk. And do you know what was worse? I was the only desk he could see from his office. Oh, no. He then leaned back on his chair, turned around and went, hurry up then, and watched me retype the story. And because he had ripped up the original script, I didn't even have that to go off. (laughs) Oh, my God. I had nothing to copy. What a baptism of fire. Fighting back the tears. Shaking. And, oh, I was 19 or something. That's full on. How did day three go? Um, do you know what? <laughs> die back. I remember. And do you know what back. my reaction was? So a few trees died. I mean, oh. it, was, it was the best way to learn. I mean, I was so naive. Like I look back now and think it was um, – it was, and in fact, I often say to young journalists, if you can get a posting in the bush, I would do it. Yeah. Because you just did everything. You just – Learn to stand on your own two feet, but it was like so many different topics. You're doing local politics and sport and environmental issues and awesome. local council, whatever. And then I went to Albany and that was great fun. But that was um, – there was a lot of – there was a lot of sad news. I think this sort of grounded me a little bit in the kind of 
person that I became in that I can sort of be a bit tough in certain situations. But my first day in Albany, five people were killed in a car crash in Mount Barker. Oh, wow. And then about four or five weeks later, there was another four that were killed in a single car crash. Yeah. And then about six weeks later, another three at Bow Bridge. And it just kind of went on. And I remember at one point the police said to me, oh, you're the Black Widow. You know, bad luck. <laughs> you brought oh. all this bad luck down. Oh, God. But... um. I watched an autopsy when I was down there because um, one of the forensic coppers thought it'd be a good idea for me to be able to sort of detach my emotion a little bit. Um, so talk about a learning curve. Wow. Um, it kind of toughened me up and made me realise pretty quickly that there's a lot of crap that happens in the world and that's what makes the news. Yeah. And wow. Oh, look, Nadia, I think you've all the journalists that we've spoken to, they've all got their stories there that you know have shaped and framed them and... I think we sometimes forget as an audience and, and as people listening, reading, watching media is that as much as that news tends to be a little bit of the negative news is that the reporters and the yeah. journalists have been behind a lot of other stories, behind a lot of things that, you know, they just can't repeat or it's very difficult to deal with. And I think, you know, it's a tough gig being a journalist. Oh, and it was a very different back then too, Nick, because, you know, we didn't have police media and, you know, media in the oh, Department of, of Foreign Emergency services. services. Well, no, we just had access to anything and everything. We didn't have people trying to stop you from, you know, controlling situations. So, um, the, you know, there was a case where um, it was really sad. A couple of guys died when they got too close to the edge of Tondirup National Park and the and the um, the car rolled down the cliff. And I was walking on the beach with the SES looking for this car and, and, wow. these, and, and, and you know, stumbled across a, a dead body because that's just the way it was back then. You know, oh, when you rocked up at car crashes, you just rocked up and you, it's all there in front of you. It was a very different time and, um, you know, I, I, it, I think it shaped me as a journalist um, but the, the people that I dealt with were absolutely brilliant what? and they did look out for me. They absolutely looked out for me. Like I would sometimes on a Friday night get one of the coppers knock on the door with a bottle of wine and say, oh. need a chat. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. That's you know, amazing. that's how you did your counselling back then. And that's country too, isn't it? Absolutely. That's, that's regional. And I love that because yeah. it is a big community. What, what would a what would a, a, an older Nadia say to a younger Nadia right now? Like, you know, as you're starting out in your career, would you just say, keep on going, girl? Or is it like... is it Keep on going, don't ask questions and don't be a whiteboard journo. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I think... So I would <laughs> I would walk into... The, oh, I'd had it tough. I think back now. Um, I would walk into the newsroom and everyone would have a story next to their name except me. Why? Go find your own story. Oh, wow. So what do you go and do? Go meet people. You know, I say to people, don't text them, call them first. Yeah. And then if they don't answer, send them a text. Yeah. Um, talk to people. Yes. Go and meet people. And again, very country, but fishermen would drink at a certain pub at a certain night. So I would go there and have a drink with these guys and understand the industry and what's going on or whatever. And when the cops on a Friday say, come and have a drink at the pub, you'd go because you'd get stories and get to know them and meet them and talk to them. And so you would, I would always say to you know, young journos, you've got to go out and meet people and you've yeah. got to go and talk to people. It is, it's incredible. It's develop relationships. Oh, yeah. Look, I think that's I think that's the loss. Is, do you think we're losing that in our modern journalists today? Is it something that's disappearing? I think a little bit, but it's also because they're so time poor, and yeah. I just feel that they're having to do so much more now because of all the different platforms that they've got to file for. You know, back then, 
And even when I was at Channel 10 and then I was at Channel 9 for 13 years, we didn't have to worry about – it was a, maybe a live cross and a couple of news bulletins during the day and then your 6 o'clock bulletin. We didn't have a 4 o'clock news yeah. and 5 o'clock news and a lunchtime news and then, by the way, we need this on Facebook and yep, tweet this. Stuff. And we didn't have yep. any of that. Yep. And so when, when I was reporting politics um, up at Parliament and a report would be released – I had more than enough time to read the executive summary and then actually go into the nitty-gritty of the report and get the good information and the better stories. I just don't think journos have time for that anymore and I really feel for them because I think they're trying to do more with less. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're talking now standards and standards of journalism where you had more time back then and you, you were able to dive deep. Is the investigative journalist gone today? Is it more a little bit, I'm just a, about an inch or two inches deep into the story, but not really? To a certain extent, possibly. I mean, I think it's great that the ABC, I would be devastated the day Four Corners, yeah. <laughs> you know, we said goodbye to that and we have foreign correspondent. And, um, but not only that, I mean, commercial networks still have some of their um, shows that do more investigative um, yeah. reporting. It's very expensive and yep. it's time consuming and it's resource heavy and so if you're going to do that you have to invest in that and I think that's the problem um, and do people have time because mm. you're also dictating you're dictated by what people have time to do if you put an interview online do you expect people are going to spend 10 minutes listening to it yeah well I think our habits as consumers have, have changed as well you know people don't necessarily sit down and consume really long pieces of content anymore. Or they'll, just, or they'll decide when they're going to do yes. it. And so that's why we can't rely on everybody. So so back then when I was in TV, everyone did hang out for the six o'clock news bulletin. Yeah, because they didn't have a choice. No. <laughs> but now when Mark McGowan speaks and gives you a COVID update, you're just going to jump on Facebook on yep. any of the media companies the and ABC watch it live. Page, every you. time. Every yes. time. Guilty. Nick, every yep. time. Uh, Nadia, we've just got a text in. The Experts podcast gets the occasional text in. Uh, Nadia, is it true that Ben Cameron calls you Mitzi because he can't say Mitsopolis? Probably. <laughs> no, ben just Ben just loves to. Um, he just likes to give everyone a nickname. He does. He's a bit of a, you know, Nicky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's been. But isn't that a sports thing as well, though? Yeah. But I also think he just quite likes Mitzi because that's what everyone calls me. Yeah. Really? Everyone calls you Mitzi? Oh, I've been getting Mitzi for ages. I was cautious, cautious with Nick calling you Mitzi no, during the podcast fine. today. Yeah. Oh, that's well. Fine. I've heard it around You've quite got a permission. few times, but I just feel Ben Cameron does it a little bit more often than, than, than <laughs> everyone else. He doesn't call me Nadia. No. Ever. No. Ever. And I call him Ben. He's All the time. He's a very good sports <laughs> broadcaster, Ben Cameron. He's very good. You know what? He's quite opinionated too. You know what? But he, that wasn't always the case though, Nadia. Really? I remember when he was at 91.3 Sport FM, he was a young broadcaster and he w I did a little show down there myself actually <laughs> and he said, Nick, my job's not to give an opinion. My job is to report the sport. Rubbish. And I said, well, young fella, and he was only probably 16 or 17 at the time, and I said, mate, when you start having an opinion is when you're going to start going places. And he <laughs> is opinionated. I do love him. Yeah, and I, I like it too because he calls it as he sees it and he'll often say, and you know, Clint's probably the same as well though. Mm. They know that sometimes it's not going to be popular. But then when he comes on the show and we do our segment, people will ring up and say something about what they've seen over the weekend and say, well, what do you think? You know, what do you think about this rule? Or what do you think about that? Or, you know, the state of the umpiring or whatever. So people are actually 
with those sort of shows with sport, I think they do want more than just this is what happened. You know, they want to delve into a little bit more about, you know, why and how and was it fair? Was that a fair call? How many... Balls were we robbed of mm. on the weekend for the Dockers. Well, I love oh, the con- well, I, well, I love the connection that you have, and, <laughs> and unfortunately, you do are a Fremantle's Docker supporter, and it does that. To me. But you, you know, know what? When you talk about resilience and what shapes me, that has I can tell <laughs> you, my <laughs> goodness. I tell you what, you you all all Fremantle supporters deserve a medal. <laughs> hey, um, let's talk about your previous. You're doing breakfast with Russell, mm-hmm. and it's been split up now. You're doing yep. the mornings, and that. how are you enjoying We're still mornings? Friends. Of course, it's good. like Mummy and Daddy divorced. But we still love each other. Oh, oh, that's I have I we spotted Russell in Farm and Jacks in Subiaco a couple of weeks ago. My husband totally fangirled Russell from oh, afar. And but he, he Can was, you fangirl as a guy? I think you can. Oh, okay. I think it's ultimately the Just same thing. In. But yeah, he'll be very pleased to hear that mum and dad are still friends. Oh, very much so. <laughs> it it um did you get the better of the, the, the situation? You don't have to get up so early. Did he get the better of the situation? No, he, yeah, he off. totally got the worst because he has to wake up earlier because now the show starts at five. Yeah. It's very early. Whereas I got Got an extra twenty minutes sleeping. Yeah. So I was waking up at three thirty. Now I wake up at three fifty. Oh. Whereas I think Russ may well be in the studio by the time I wake up. So he oh, definitely wow. um, got the worst part. Is the since but waking up with Russell is actually quite lovely. Yeah. When yeah in the morning for, yeah. for us the listeners, not <laughs> obviously you both together. Um, but Nadia, the the the, diff, the two the move away is it? Are you able to be you? Is it is it something there that you know you've, since you've lost your your, your sidekick there? Did it make a big change for you? Yeah, look, I think on that show, and the ABC tried something different and, you know, good on them. Um, We had a great time, but we also agreed to play to our strengths. And so people would have noticed that, you know, for instance, when we did Vinyl Friday, um, most of that would be Russell because he's the music man. His knowledge of music and the people that we would get was unbelievable. Yeah. But then, say at eight thirty, when the premiere comes in, that would be more my thing. Yeah. And so, while we always both contributed to the interviews and the prep, we did agree to play to our strengths. It's easier on your own. I've yeah. got to say, a double header is very, very difficult. Timing, trying not to interrupt. Yes. Um, when there's two people, there's more to say. So. You, you, it's a strain on your time yep. as well. So I think it's actually a lot easier on your own. Lana um, and I experience that all the time. I was just about to say, well, you, know, you, know, you know, and, and the eye contact and this secret language that you have. You know, we used to have sign language where, you know, if he was saying, no, stop, you'd you know, cut me off or if I really had to stop talking, he'd really grab my hand or I'd go, this is me or you say the time and we would have all these signs. Cool. And often when people come in, it's like, what are these people just, you know, constantly just making movements at each other? You have to though. Yeah. But yeah. I think you, you are. You are aware there's a camera now in the <laughs> studio. It's no longer just uh, your audio, it's now a video. It's everything. It's it everything. Is. But yeah, you're right. You'd, I think when you're on your own, you do – um, get to uh, develop a bit more of your own style and people get to know you a little bit better. Yeah. It's definitely easier. You can shape the interviews a little easier the way you want it to be. Um, and a lot of the stuff that I do is like sort of accountability and information. And so I, I think it's um, I, I think it's a better sound for the ABC and I think everyone's quite 
quite happy with it, what we originally did. And look, they tried something different. Good on them. Why not? Yeah. Oh, we love change. We love, And we also too love when you're playing to your strengths. And I think that, you know, that's important, isn't it, Lana? Because ultimately, uh, for experts that are looking to, and this is the question I'm heading towards you, is, is around experts communicating with the ABC and maybe the difference between communicating with a commercial station. Is there things that, that you have to do, Nadia, around um, the, the kind of people that you're looking to interview? Well, you have to be careful about people just trying to push commercial interests, yes. yeah. first and foremost. So brand, na- brand names become difficult. And I actually remember the first time when I was filling in for Jeff uh, at the ABC when he was on the mornings program and I was his producer, I repeatedly said the word iPad. Oh. And, and that was just sort of flagged with me as you're probably better off saying tablet. Oh, that's tough, isn't it? You know, it? so like just a those little thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So as opposed to a painkiller or something yeah. for your headache. Um, so those sort of commercial brands you do actually have to be a little bit careful about. And every now and again, if it's relevant to the story, then you you will have to say it. Yeah. And it, for instance, you know, JobKeeper, and we talk about Harvey Norman <laughs> making a fair bit of money out of JobKeeper and, yeah. and, and not returning that. Well, you kind of have to mention the organisations or the brands. So you, ha- you do have to be a bit careful and listeners will pick up on it too yeah. and say oh, you, you can't be commercially pushing a particular person. Now, everyone works for a company or whatever, that's fine. It's just you've got to make sure that you're getting somebody who is sharing um, their knowledge about a particular topic um, more broadly than just this is what my company offers. Yeah. So there's a bit of a fine line. Damn, damn that first man, Jerry, and really painful <laughs> voice, Harvey Norman. No, he's a <laughs> lovely guy, and we can say anything we want on this podcast because we, we can. We are not. Subject. Well, I think that's why people listen to the ABC, though. Nani is, you know, what you said before. Well, no, the the uh, the balanced presentation of information as opposed to commercial radio, where not to say it's imbalanced, but I think as you said right at the start, it's having that longer form discussion about something and and getting into both sides of the topic rather than just one yeah. side. And I mean, we'll speak to people from companies of all the time. And, mm. you know, if I'm speaking to the head of programmed or whatever, of course I'm going to say this is the CEO of programmed, but that person will be talking to me in the capacity of whatever it is. But it's not about I'm here to push my business and push my company. Yeah. And people will try. Like that's we, – we've got to be able to – uh, filter that out oh, as I, well. I agree with Lana and even one of my colleagues is a, an avid ABC listener yeah. just purely for the fact no commercials, uh, balanced conversation. Yep. But I want to throw this to you, Nada, because you know you hear about it a lot, particularly in Sky News After Dark, news that tends to be a little bit more, they want to throw the hammer and everything at the ABC, calling you for being biased. <laughs> Hello there, bias. Um, how, do you take any of that on? Do you no. take any of that personally? No. Well, part, well, I don't think Sky After Dark are actually talking personally about me. No, but no, you get but, lumped but into that basket. But they'll throw it at the ABC. Yeah, absolutely, because I think it's become a sport for them. Quite frankly, yeah. um, I don't. And if you did, I mean, look, if they genuinely, if there are people that you know genuinely feel that they are being biased in the ABC, well, I, you know, then that's something that's got to be dealt with. Um, I don't take it on board because, I, to me, it's just that's the expectation is that they just don't like us and yep. they don't like what we're about. They probably don't like some of the stories that we've done and, and some of the people that have been targeted in some of those national shows and they've got an agenda and that's fine. Mm. I mean, you could argue that with anyone, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, And I get it. I Absolutely. Like, it's interesting. If you look on the text line when you're doing political interviews, and people will, I'll get texts saying, oh, you are so left-wing, so typical Labor ABC. And then in the next 
you know, three or four texts that come in, it'll be, oh, Nadia, you are such an obvious right-wing liberal. And then I'll look and go, well, then I'm obviously somewhere in between. Yeah. So people will hear what they want to hear. It's so true. We've had this question so many times, haven't we, when we've talked to media, Nadia, about, you know, what do you say to the media's biased and it's their agenda and they're pushing their agenda on readers or viewers and it's just it's just not true well you, you just almost feel like saying wouldn't you feel like saying look thank you john for your text nick off will you yeah. turn well, the radio I'll, I'll station off yeah. but thanks for listening yeah <laughs> absolutely and i'm happy to read them and i will if people criticize me and i you know we get it all the time and that's fine people you're not you know it's not necessarily about my opinion or what I think. So we don't do a lot of that, this is what I think, yeah. blah, 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 blah. So we tend to be, you know, you we're not. We're just a conduit for information yeah. and we're asking questions. And sometimes people will get offended by the questions that I ask because I'm. they might think I'm being too negative and it's like, yeah, but it's my job yes. to ask questions. Correct. And, and don't just take everything... As you think it's being, you know, don't just take it all as gospel. Like, well, well Nadia, to be fair, you you are the opposition to this Labor government mm, right pretty now much. because uh, they don't have an opposition over there. I've got That's a, been said before, uh, but, but you're right. It's yeah, so true. true. Yeah. It is so true. Yeah, the media, true. The media's job is to hold the government of the day to account, and if there is not an effective opposition there, you're even more important than ever. And it's then on true. that point, you don't just assume that you're on the opposition side either, Correct. because you know the opposition's got to earn the right to one day be in government. Yep. Mind you, oppositions don't win, governments lose. Correct. So, oh, you know. Yes, very true words. <laughs> hey, I've got to ask, Jeff Hutchison, is he the nicest bloke going around? Yeah. yeah. Is it really like... I just want to go up and hug him. He Damn. seems so nice. Mm. <laughs> it's like the granddaddy of the newsroom. <laughs> no, but he's fantastic and he um, he's very encouraging because I started at the ABC working on his program. Well, I was going to say, you oh, were his producer. Right. Yeah, and in fact, before that, when I was at Channel 9, I used to go on his news panel every couple of uh, weeks on a Friday. Oh, cool. And so that was how I started getting to know Jeff. And then when I was ready to leave TV, a part-time producing role came up and um, he has taught me about radio pretty much everything I know yeah. because I produced him for five or six years. And for me, it was probably the best way to then get into this role as a presenter because I totally understand what's happening behind the glass. Yeah. And having an understanding and knowing what those producers are going through and what they're dealing with and time constraints and all those little pressures that a listener would not know just makes our relationships and everything so much more harmonious. But Jeff taught me everything, really, about radio. He's taught me a lot. Yeah. I, I, and he's the nicest he, guy. He's sincerely I, – I, you can't – if you need to calm down, if you're driving down the, the Mitchell Freeway <laughs> and you're upset, just turn on to Jeff. He soothes. It's takes, true. He takes exactly. all the pain away. He does. He but, does. Yeah. And then if you're still feeling a little bit tense in the morning, Russ oh, yeah. well, will Russ, just keep yeah. you in bed. Yeah, Russ, <laughs> he's not an alarm clock, uh, Russell. Um, he doesn't get you up and hey, want to take five, six coffees. Hey, um, it is interesting that when you were a producer for Jeff, and I think is, is it an ABC thing where the producers will end up being the presenters? Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, and it's a great way to learn, and I think it's one of the rewards, like they do often – get the you know one of the producers to fill in which I think is a fantastic opportunity when a presenter is Absolutely. away Absolutely. And, and that's what happened to me I think three months after I started and I was only part-time at that point because my children were still quite young um, they said oh do you want to present the show and I said oh what already and that's they said yeah, so Jeff's, cool. yeah Jeff's going on two weeks holiday you know the show and in a way when you get a producer 
to, to fill in as a host, it's actually easier for everybody because they know the program, yes. they know how to panel, they know how it all works. So it's actually such an easy transition. And I think the listeners really enjoy getting to know some of those people behind the scenes because remember the listeners talk to these th- these producers. Yeah. You're the first point of yeah. contact. So You're they the first know one them. that comes through. Yep, so they know them. No, it's it's a so lot. I think it's great. Well, I think even just for you know, for advancement professionally. Yeah, when, absolutely. When you know that you're you're not just the producer, you are and, and, and by the way, producers role very, very important. Mm, shows nothing without them, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah. They are big they shout are out to your so, producer. Oh my gosh, they're amazing. I had three. <laughs> And um, they are brilliant. Yeah. Damien, awesome. Joe and Alicia um, come up, you know, we all work as a team, but they come up with a lot of amazing stories and ideas. You know, we all do. It's all, it's not a, I'm the presenter and you're the producer kind of, relate. it's equal. Absolutely. We all write the same. We all chase stories. It's it's a very much an equal. And they're brilliant. Love it. You're reading, you're reading my research. You're oh. segueing into my next thing. <laughs> is, is it teamwork down oh, there, yeah. Nadia? And look at you. You've, you've answered all of that. <laughs> hey, we're running well, out of time. because it's very intimate. Don't forget. You get in at five o'clock in the morning. There's only three of you there. That's true. Oh, true. So you have to get on. Still dark. You have to get on and you need to be very honest with each other. So if a story works, fantastic. If a story doesn't or that talent wasn't great, then you have to be honest about it and talk. And if you don't, and we debrief after every story, uh, after every show. Yep. So we have your meeting in the morning when we, you know, set out what we're doing for the day. And then after every show, we have a debrief and we will talk about what worked and what didn't, um, which we learn from. And and they will say, you know, Nadi, the way you did that, wouldn't, don't do, you know, could have been done this way, or this could have been better, vice versa, whatever. And that is, I think, what makes a harmonious team because we're completely honest with each other. And in on always improving. Yeah, absolutely. We don't know it all. There's never it. a perfect show, Nick. Never. Well, Lana and I are still working on this. <laughs> Not we are. We're, we are. We're, we're getting company there. excluded. <laughs> no, no, no. We're we're seventy five, seventy six in, and I. Still we are. Which is an A. Still. Which is <laughs> yes. Right? Which is an A. It is an A. Are you 76? saying seventy five, seventy six? Okay. So you're top of the class. Top of the class. I like that. We'll, we'll take that from Nadia Mitsopoulos. I'll take Nick. an A from Nadia Mitsopoulos <laughs> any day. Or Mitzi. Mitzi has been been German likes to say. Hey. um... Just ABC and your team. So a lot of the people will be listening here tonight, today, and tonight, whenever you're listening, everyone. It's <laughs> a podcast. Um, uh, how do we connect with your program and connect to you to present a story, to get your attention? What are you looking for? Obviously, commercial. We've got to stay away from for sure. Topical. But topical. It's got to be topical. Love it's it. got to be able to um, generate a discussion. So something that's maybe Great. not necessarily divide opinions. Yeah but that people can share an experience with. It might be about dividing opinions, Mm. um, people that can share an experience, but it's got to be relevant as well um, to a broader audience. Um, You've got to have someone that speaks well. Like you've really got to think about good good talent and I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but if you don't have – if you're trying to to do an interview, you've got to keep the listener – interested so you actually need to be a bit animated in your voice you, you've Absolutely. got to speak well you've got to speak so you know joe blogs down the street completely understands you're not too techie speak yeah sure. you know regard do you know what i mean you've got oh, to speak in tips. layman's terms fantastic tips. yeah and be able to get to your point pretty quickly so you don't want someone who's rambly um, and also when you're pitching as well, can you just not wish me a happy Monday or a happy Tuesday and then spend three paragraphs of your press release talking about, you know, <laughs> how I might be feeling during this <laughs> pandemic and but have I got something for you because you've lost me. Yeah. I love it. You've lost me. 
Straight yeah. to the point. Straight to the Straight point. Straight to the point. And, you, and, and think about your audience yes. and which shows you pitch for. It's interesting that you get people that will just do a blanket pitch to everyone. Yeah. It doesn't always work. Yeah. Oh, God, no. And so, and you know, you know this too, but um, think about who your audience is and, and is that a morning's program? Is that more an afternoon's program? Yeah. Or is that something when you are stuck in traffic driving home that I that might be more the people that I'm... Sorry for the interruption to this very important broadcast of the Experts Podcast with Nadia Mitsopoulos. Unfortunately, the last 60 seconds didn't take. We apologise, but we could not stop delivering this particular podcast to you. It's full of gold from the ABC Morning Show's Nadia Mitsopoulos. Thanks for joining us, Nadia. And... We hope to see and hear from you next time for another Experts podcast when we deliver it to you next week. You have been listening to the Experts podcast powered by Media Stable. To get in touch with the team, head to the Media Stable website, mediastable.com.au.